why do I do Christmas specials? As I don't like Christmas, what is it in me that makes me want to do because Christmas you want to join in. specials? Yeah, yeah, I do. And also, I believe in Christmas. I do believe in the things behind what do Christmas. You mean by you believe in Christmas, I believe in the light and the darkness. I felt like it was a good time to start a show with this quote from Brecht, <laughs> uh, which goes, "In the dark times, will there also be singing? Yes, there will be singing." about the dark times and it's the winter and it is dark outside uh, but I think we can all agree that it's quite dark time in the country it's a dark time in the world maybe this is the GBA Christmas special 2018 it's basically the time of year for me when I'm being triggered by Christmas uh, Christmas is everywhere, it's in the adverts, it's it's everywhere, and I have a complicated relationship with Christmas, and a lot of my memories of Christmas are not positive. Everybody's joy, there's a lot of people who are joyful about mm. Christmas, and they're, 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 I don't want to rain on their parade, but their parade rains on me, you know, so it's, it's very awkward. Yeah. And, and so it makes me get depressed against what I want because I don't want to be triggered by Christmas because I do like Christmas I will for the record I like it I like the best of Christmas Mm -hmm. like I like the best of people right but Christmas is often not the best of people content note there is some reference to unpleasant domestic experiences at Christmas which includes some emotional and physical violence Christmas is a strange time for podcasts as in less people listen to podcasts over christmas quite often so your christmas specials will often have less listeners but at the same time i think it's a really important time to put out an episode because at christmas people who are listening to podcasts are really listening to podcasts i want to get better with you this Christmas help me to understand this strange thing in Christmas they're listening to those podcasts when they're travelling home for Christmas or they're listening to those podcasts in snatched moments in the family homes where they're having some time to themselves. Often podcasters will be people's company in complicated Christmases, in bleak midwinter moments. They will get senses of solidarity or light and joy and just general shared human experiences. And sometimes we need those at Christmas. Sometimes we're not getting those. And there have been many podcasts which have been a light in the darkness for me over the years at Christmas. And there's been podcasts which have been the opposite of that, have been me listening to other people who've had bad experiences and feeling less alone. That's something that podcasts have provided me at Christmas. That's what books have often, before podcasts came out, provided me at Christmas. That's what radio has often provided me at Christmas and podcasts are part of that tradition. This Gang Bear Acquainted Christmas special is a collage of material taken from the previous seven GBA Christmas specials and 
from the stand-up tragedy Tragic Christmas live show. It shifts between conversations, recordings and performances to create a new take on my relationship and history with Christmas. Or maybe this is the ultimate take, the one that I've been reaching for all of these years. I'll be giving proper credits for the show at the end. You should think of this as less of a documentary and more of a soundscape. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that puts this stuff together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round your virgin mother and child, social time so when you put the people together and there's this big pressure to um, be good to each other and be pleasant I think it brings out the worst of behaviours so you get the worst of people on what's supposed to be the best of days right that's maybe like why their parade is raining on you is they're probably not all behaving their best either right because Christmas is about family isn't it that's what everybody loves about it and uh, that's why I find it problematic and complicated because my family is problematic and complicated and I think maybe I think people who love Christmas maybe they didn't have problematic Christmases but then that doesn't seem right because I know loads of people who had fucked up families Mm -hmm. who are really like Christmassy and they love it and they almost it's like them having good Christmases is kind of a fuck you to... And that's how I can be. Yeah. When I when I manage to get a good Christmas, then it's like, yeah, I fucking won because everyone said I couldn't have good Christmases and I proved them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think also in unhappy families, sometimes you can manage to make one good day a year. And that, that was mine for a while. Like, my mum... My mum really, really tried with Christmas and she put an incredible amount of effort in and I don't think my dad was ever into it but he didn't really get in her way too much so she started out she had these ideas of traditions that she wanted so she'd like make us make snowflakes out of paper and put them on the window and there was always a lot of food and a lot of cooking and she it, she made a big ceremony of buying the tree and decorating the tree she had like misshapen baubles made out of like tin foil and crepe paper that we made at nursery school like when we were really little that she'd make us put on it she had all these traditions that she'd kind of built and it really mattered to her I think that we had a good day and it was difficult I remember I remember one year we were warned throughout December that we had no money that year and not to expect anything what happened was that everybody in our family and like extended circle of friends heard that we had no money that year so actually we did fine for presents like everybody else 
pitched in because it was like such a big deal to my mother that we like have that once a year I think but piling that amount of pressure on one day and on one like combination of people one family which fundamentally was very dysfunctional like eventually it fell apart but like I had a few good ones so me and Jen have very different opinions and attitudes towards Christmas would you say that's fair? yeah <laughs> <laughs> you could have you want me to expand on it? well you can expand on it yeah if you'd like well I'm quite positive about Christmas and you're quite negative about Christmas I am quite negative about Christmas. Do you think it's fair for me to be negative about Christmas? I understand why you are negative about Christmas, but it's not Christmas's fault. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it then. What is good about Christmas, Jen? Everything's good about Christmas. Christmas is is the time of year when you can legitimately stop doing everything else that you're supposed to do and just do nice things. You see family, you see friends, it's an excuse to catch up with everybody, everybody's in the same kind of zone, everybody wants to meet up before Christmas. It's about eating nice food, drinking nice things, not worrying about things, presents are fun, Father Christmas is fun, (laughs) Christmas trees are pretty. And did you enjoy Christmas when you were a child? I did, yeah. When you remember your childhood Christmases, what do you remember? I mostly remember my grandparents and their house, because we always spent Christmas there. I have sort of images of my grandparents' house and open fire and the smell of logs, um, but also things like the feeling of a stocking being put by my feet. And Did you ever open your eyes when you... When, when you've... Yeah, yeah, I did. But not, sometimes, sometimes I would try really hard not to open my eyes. Well, I think probably once I knew... Once I knew that Father Christmas wasn't real but didn't want to believe it, I'd refuse to open my eyes. Jesus. Because I didn't want to know. Didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. But before we'll that... We'll have to put a before... warning that kids don't shouldn't listen to the show. Oh. Am I supposed to be keeping the myth of Father Christmas? I don't know. Do you think we should keep the myth of Father Christmas? Well, I don't know. I don't think children normally listen to this. I don't think they will, no. I believe in keeping the myth of Father Christmas, but I um, I didn't think the children were listening, so I thought okay with that. Before... I did know that. I used to open my eyes. I used to really try and see what was going on. And I used to be able to... I used to think I'd seen things, and I used to think I'd heard sleigh bells. So you, when you opened your eyes, you didn't, you didn't allow yourself to see the truth? Yeah, once I thought I saw Father Christmas, which I later thought must have been my mum wearing a Father Christmas hat, but she said that she never did that. So I don't know what that was. <laughs> How old were you when you found know. out? Oh, when I found out? Oh, well, I don't know. I was probably a lot younger when I found out than when I really properly had to properly believe that... When did you properly believe it? Probably about 12. 12? But I didn't know. I I knew before that, but that was was when I actually sort of gave into it. Okay. What smell do you associate with Christmas? Uh, Log fires, satsumas, chestnuts, pine needles, fruit and spices. I say that because Jen's interested in smell. Quite often. That's a fair statement about you? Also lavender. Because once in my stocking I got a frog that was stuffed with lavender. And for years after my stocking smelled of lavender, so I always associate the... Stocking with lavender? Yeah, it it wasn't just lavender. It wasn't as simple as that. So it's not like now when I smell lavender I think, oh, Christmas. It was lavender and something else. 
So what was the other thing? I don't know. It's something spicy. Have you ever smelled it again? Yeah. I don't know where, but I have had that smell before and remembered the frog. And going, oh, Christmas. Yeah. That's how it is with you, though. You get beamed back to the moment by mm. smell. Very. Is it Proust? With the, oh, that's taste, no, isn't it? Yeah. That's taste. It's a Madeline biscuit. Yeah. Is there anything you don't like about Christmas? I don't like... What do you mean? About Christmas in general or about... You can take the question however you, you like. Well, I don't like... No, no, there isn't really anything I don't like about Christmas. I mean, even the things that I think are negative about Christmas, I can still enjoy. Like? Like, uh, I do agree that it's too commercial and there's, you know, kids have bought too much stuff and all the rest of it, but I also enjoy presents and I enjoy Christmas shopping. So I can't really say that that's a complete negative. Yeah, but you enjoy presents, but do you enjoy the Christmas adverts? Do you enjoy the oversaturation? Oh, I, I don't watch them. I object to Christmas music being played any time, really, before the 9th of December. Oh, Advent candle. Okay, Jen is blowing out the Advent candle, which is a candle which has all of the days up to Christmas on it, and that you burn it down every day. Jen's very kind of religious about this, but you're not religious. Well, no, I'm I'm not religious about it either. In fact, you're an atheist. Hmm. Well, Christmas isn't about Christians. Well, no, I agree it can be, but it doesn't have to be. That's not. That's never how I grew up with Christmas. Christmas is never religious for me. Do you prefer Christmas when it is an atheist Christmas? Is there anything you are attracted to about the Christian version? Of I love Christmas? the hymns. I love, um, and actually, in my memories, I remember carol services when I was a kid, and um, and I enjoyed the Christmas story. And I really, my favourite kinds of Christmas cards are actually the ones that have the sort of the nativity scene and a really nice kind of indigo sky and. The, moon and the star and all that those are really those are nice um, so I definitely like that kind of story about it but for me it was never religious it was just a story in the bleak midwinter frost and wind made moan earth stood hard as iron water like a stone snow had fallen snow on snow snow on snow on snow Christmas isn't about religion. For me, it is. For, I understand that it is for some people, but not for me, and not for my family. Yeah. It was never about that. Anymore. And yet, it's the only festival that you are interested in, isn't it? I mean, you don't really feel anything at Easter. No, because this wasn't originally a Christian festival. It's a pagan festival. Yeah, I read a, a blog by M. J. Hibbert the other day 
talking about a colleague he'd had who was South African, and she hadn't understood anything that was good about what's good about Christmas because it was just bad barbecues and getting drunk and stuff. And then she came here, and she suddenly realised why it was nice to have a festival in the middle of the winter when everything was bleak and, and to that's have what it was, it was shiny things and, and 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 stuff in the middle of the cold. And I do I do understand that. I mean, God, it gets so dark at the moment that it would. I mean, it's. It would be yeah. really bleak if there was no Christmas. Like, break. You need a break at this stage. You can't work during this stuff. It just... The, yeah, the dark gets over you, and it doesn't at Christmas, necessarily, because you're yeah. having... In fact, it doesn't... I, I find as soon as it starts getting dark, it starts to feel like Christmas, in a way. You know, it's cosy, and it's not just Christmas. It's also bonfire night and all the kind of winter things that happen. That's all part of that, finding the light in the dark. This conversation is a little bit like Christmas at this point. It's hastily thrown together, big mistakes happened, uh, things have gone right, <laughs> things have gone wrong. I mean, we've had a good time, uh, but th- we weren't sharing that with an audience. No. So, I mean, I'm trying to think how, to go, how to go into it. Like, one of the things that you were talking about when you were talking about your childhood was you were remembering the l- lamplight because... Uh, you were still kind of in the 1920s there weren't modern electric early lamp- 1930s oh, there yeah. you go yeah gaslight right yeah. And so that's something that you think of when you think of Christmas oh yeah I remember that yes it was gaslighting along the street and, and the gaslights had to be lit each one had to be lit so the guy there was a gas a gaslighter a man who walked along and lit them one by one right and so and what- I just remember watching that from the upstairs window at my grandparents' house. And your memories of your childhood are quite vivid now. Some bits are. I mean, we're going to take you, me and my little sister are going to take you to uh, Bristol, to where you grew up, um, in February next year. And hopefully I'll, I'll record some of that. And uh, that'll be another uh, kind of episode of Getting Better Acquainted featuring you, because you've been on a lot of the episodes uh, <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And I make no apologies for that to a certain extent. You're 92 years old, so <coughs> these are the only opportunities I'm going to have to record conversations with you, whereas a lot of other people um, I'm going to be able to record for years. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, you're right. The, the way the world's going, you can't, no. really, be, you can't no. really be too certain. No, not the way the world is going. Right, but this is a Christmas episode, so we should try and ignore reality, because that's what Christmas is all about, right? Like, what does it mean to you? What do you think of when you think about Christmas? What are kind of memories from your life that you think of when you think about Christmas? I just think of it as a family occasion. A sort of family celebration meeting. I mean, that's the conventional sort of family gets together at Christmas. Yeah. They give one another presents and... uh, Make a great meal, you know, a special Christmas meal with turkey or some alternative. Yeah. And, I mean, do you like that? Is that something you've enjoyed over your life? I think, on the whole, I quite enjoyed Christmases, yeah. Yeah, because it's a complicated thing, because we were kind of getting to this before. Like, when I was growing up, family, Christmas being about family getting together... It was terrible it, for Well, you. exactly. It's a great thing if that family gets on, but it's a complicated thing if there's complications in the family. It was the scene of some t- terrible domestic 
events in my childhood and uh, in my adolescence. One thing I realised about Christmas is, I mean, I may have had happy Christmases growing up, but I, uh, I can't remember any because of this story, I think. Uh, there may have been happy Christmases before this story, but this, to me, is where Christmas starts. All the presents are arranged around the tree, and it's Christmas Day, and I am eight years old, eight or nine, and it's my job to uh, go around the tree, pick up the presents, and give them out to the members of the family. That's my job. I don't mind the job. It's an okay job. Now, the mood and the atmosphere in that room, it's very tense. You see, what happened is the family moved to a place called Coventry in the, in the Midlands. Now, I don't want to diss Coventry. I have done in the past. I'm not going to do it today because it's unfair to diss Coventry for the experiences that I had there. But the thing is that when we moved to Coventry, my family split into two places. There was my dad's flat, which was in a very bleak area of Coventry called Stoke Aldermore, which is kind of like uh, very, very bleak. That's a good way to describe it, you know, like there was a Rottweilers barking all day long, you know, and there was broken windows all the time and the local shop, the Asian shopkeeper, was repeatedly hounded out. It was a nasty area, but my dad's flat was like an oasis in that, that area of Coventry. My mum's, where I spent majority of my time, uh, was a suburban road. It wasn't that bad an area, but the atmosphere inside the house was not very good. Uh, my mum and my stepdad basically were in the process of a protracted sort of four or five years ripping a part of their marriage. And the, the house had very thin walls, so all of their arguments that happened could be heard by me and my, my little sister uh, every night. And that's the context that this Christmas was happening in. When I think about Coventry, I think about the two cathedrals. Uh, there's a new cathedral and there's the old cathedral that was bombed in the war. And the new cathedral is very beautiful and... Uh, and modern and new and it's like a, everything about it it's an instrument like it's actually the whole building is an instrument uh, whereas the old cathedral is a ruin that was bombed during the war and, and, and when I think of my those two houses those two places I grew up in during that time I think of them as like the old and new cathedral these two different extremes these two different shades of my life so I'm giving out the presents and I'm doing my job, and I'm, you know, I haven't opened my presents yet at all. I'm waiting to do that. I'm going to give out all the presents first. And I f- sort of give out the presents, and then my mum says, you haven't given out all the presents. There's a present just right round the back of the uh, Christmas tree. So I sort of pull it out, and it's the last present. So I look at it, and it looks like it says Dave. So I open it up, and it's a Mars bar. Now... I don't really like Mars bars that much at the time, or now. Uh, But, you know, you're supposed to be grateful for presents, so I'm like, thank you. My mum stares at the Mars bar in my hand, and she starts screaming. And she says, I'm selfish, I'm greedy, I don't care about anybody else. And I look down at the, the present I've opened, and it doesn't say Dave, it says Dad. And so it was meant for my stepdad. And it was a kind of... It was supposed to be from my sister to my stepdad. But my mum had obviously 
instigated that present. My sister was six years younger than me, so she wasn't old enough to buy presents. And my, uh, my mum had put so much into this Mars bar, I guess. This was like a very big symbol to her. It was supposed to sort of sort some stuff out, but I'd opened it. I mean, I didn't know, I couldn't contextualise, I couldn't say all of that stuff when I was eight. But now I'm looking back, that seems to be the case. And she said, you know, you're a horrible, horrible person. You've ruined Christmas. I mean, I'm not shouting as loud as she was shouting. She was shouting very loud. It would hurt your ears if I shouted that loud. Uh, And she said, you've ruined Christmas. She screamed and she slammed the door. She stomped up the stairs and I could hear every single footstep going up the stairs. My stepdad grabbed hold of my arm and uh, he pushed me back into the Christmas tree. And I can sort of, when I think about this memory, I can still feel the, the needles of the Christmas tree sort of prickling my back. And he said, you've let your mother down. You've ruined this Christmas. And he hit me. And that is what Christmas means to me. And the way that you guys chose to uh, approach Christmas was to have... Uh, my mum and both of her ex-husbands in the same house, sometimes with her mum, who she has or she had a lot of issues with, all of the things that made everybody on edge were put in the same I room. didn't come to those Christmas. You were there, some of them. Yeah, some of them I came to, yeah. yeah, yeah some yeah. I came down to London. No, I know, luckily for you, I should imagine. I mean, it's a good idea. <laughs> but some some years, uh, all of all of you were in the same really? house. Really? Yeah, absolutely. In... Well, I wasn't there on the disastrous Christmas. During the Coventry years, you lived in a separate house. But once Cardiff happened, and my mum had split up with her second husband, then Christmases would often, for the sake of the children, which I don't think was for our sake, it didn't work out that way, would be uh, everyone trying to get over the fact that they didn't like each other and get in the same room together and kind of... Yes, it wasn't a, wasn't a sort of happy family gathering. Right, and that was something that put a lot of pressure on mum, I think, and meant that she was worse than she would have been in terms of her behaviour and things like that if she'd have had like not had her ex-husbands in the house. And also, whether she put it on herself or not, and I think she did because other people would have liked to have taken over the responsibilities of Christmas. Um, well, Tony did, in Cardiff. He Tony did try. He did try, he did try to do the cooking, yeah. yes. Because there was um, some great issue about carrots. But it's very hard to get out of this. There was a great issue about carrots. Do you remember who it was, the details? Of I can't it? remember. Well, I but this can't. is the kind of thing that Christmas means to me, <laughs> yes. is a big argument about carrots. Yeah. Or what was it? One year, everybody put... We all had to put a, a word on our head. We'd finished the Christmas dinner and we had famous mm-hmm. people like on post-it notes on our heads and we had to work out who everybody was. By questioning. Yeah, that ended in... You a, had to eat out who we were. Yeah, who, who, yeah right, people. by questioning other people. Yeah. And that ended in a blistering row and people Did storming it? out and yeah. anger and, and stuff like that. She was really good and she put a lot of effort in. It's the pressure yeah. of the on, the... on the woman, I mean, from a feminist point of view, the woman's the one who ends up having to try and make Christmas work yeah right. no my dad didn't give a shit right and and men are like allowed to go off and drink and, and do all of that yeah. stuff um, and the woman in the family feels the pressure to make Christmas work and then that makes them in my experience in my family history and it sounds like yours too uh, the pressure's too much and, mm. and, it, and it makes that 
that woman have a bad experience which impacts their children who have no option but to be part of that that family experience because you don't choose and we were talking about before like uh, the Christmas when my gran was there and you thought it'd be funny to push my head into the, into my food for yeah, I laugh. can't remember that no well you were drunk no. you were very drunk well, and, that, yeah. and uh, well you it was like it, it was, was a, a joke yes yeah yeah it's a bit like you know in your in your back history yeah. there is a time when you were really drunk in a pub and you decided it would be funny to draw a draw draw on someone's white leather jacket that's right yeah yes that's right Right. I've forgotten that. It was now, like one of those moments. Me of it, and yeah. I've done that. Yeah. I've inherited that kind of behaviour from you to a certain extent. It was very good natured. It wasn't violent. Like it was actually like my face did not get squashed against the table. It just had gravy on my nose, oh, uh, which was Sorry. funny. And you, you know, you thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, uh, but it was not thought of as funny by every member of the room, everyone in the room at that That's moment. It. And that's what Christmases are like for me, um, or were like for me. Um, not all of my Christmases, because we were talking about this too. I can't remember my early Christmases the same way that you can't remember your early Christmases. The family Christmas dinner had ended in screaming rows and people storming out and sadness. And uh, I sort of sat incredibly drunk, like after that, watching Titanic. <laughs> just, just thinking... Is this Christmas? Is this Christmas? And then after that, sort of staying up into the night to, to wait to see if my to see if the people who'd left was, were going to come back. Uh, and uh, it was sort of like nearly nearly midnight, and uh, I turned on the TV, and uh, children were dying in Bethlehem. Really? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, bleak. You shouldn't watch the news on Christmas Day. <laughs> I think that's just that's just asking for trouble. Aren't we, if we don't watch the news and we kind of put ourselves in this kind of Christmassy bubble, just ignoring reality? Yes, that's why Christmas is great because it is. It's that pause on life. You, it's just about because we never had arguments. There was never any hostility at Christmas. It was just about putting life on hold and just whatever else is happening. Christmas is always there and Christmas is always nice yeah. if you celebrate it. But that's if you're lucky. I think that's relatively rare. That may be true, but that's how it is for me. I don't know. I think everyone has a little bit of stress on Christmas. You have a bit of stress. Yeah, but it's not. You're worried about it being good, being right. Um, I worry about it. Well, no. The only time I've really worried about it on Christmas Day is when we've done Christmas. For more people than just us. Yeah. Because I'm worried about everybody having a good time. I'm yeah. over worried about it when I'm with my immediate family because it's always there's a certain routine. We always do the same thing, and it's always nice. And it, there's no there is no stress. There's no worry. You're pretty chilled about it as well. Your family excel when you don't have to make plans. When you it's have to great. make plans, there's that's no, when it's all it, We've never minded when we ate Christmas dinner. Yeah. It's always been everybody sits around chopping vegetables and drinking gin, and <laughs> it's just nice. <laughs> And tonic. Yeah. Not just... <laughs> I knew gin and tonic, but yeah, it's good to clarify. That's the interesting thing to me hearing you talk, because I knew you were going to be, you know, negative about Christmas. I mean, that was one of the things that made me think, yeah, when you said... Because I, I put out on Facebook, what the hell am I going to do for my Christmas special? And you were like, well, I'm coming to stay during that time when you're editing it, so I've had some really miserable Christmases. <laughs> um, but I didn't expect you to have a, a positive Christmas memory to start with, like... I don't 
have anything as vivid and magical, I don't think, when I'm looking back at my Christmas memories until I had Christmases outside of my Mm. family. I've got memories of Christmassy things that I liked, like there's certain stories that I liked. I remember my dad reading those Mm. stories to me. So those are those are positive Christmas memories. But they're kind of tied up with my positive memories of my dad generally reading to me. And that wasn't always at Christmas and that wasn't particularly special at Christmas. Although those stories were the particular ones that happened every Christmas. And I still get a lot of joy from reading those stories. And I'm a big fan of Christmas films and actually I like the Christmas emotional narrative. It's always a bit sad and then happy Mm. and I like that mix. So Christmas is more complicated for me but it wasn't like that for you growing up. Was was it always a positive experience like growing up? Were there tensions between your parents at Christmas? Well yes and by the end of it yes. I mean my parents weren't getting on by the time I was about eight or nine or ten. I, I I became aware of the uh, friction between them. Right. I, I always totally was on my father's side about everything. Well, yeah. And I actually did... I mean, I didn't take an uh, operational attitude to them, but I was aware of this, and I did support my father right. very much. But of In course... In fact, I mean, I did come to realise that that their marriage was fairly ridiculous. They were so totally so you were aware of in attitudes and so you were aware of that interests. Yeah, and you were aware of that going on in the background. Yes, because my father was sort of my father introduced me to literature Did, and poetry and everything like that. Yeah, and art, and uh, I used to go on long, long walks with him. Yeah, just the two of us. But I mean, but look, my mother wasn't a part of any of that. But looking, but, but I mean, sure. But also, one thing you should probably keep in mind is that you saw this as a child, yeah. and so you won't necessarily have seen, you know, both sides of it equally. No, you know, he may. No. There, I always think it generally takes, you know, it's generally when people aren't compatible, that's not that's not necessarily anyone's fault. And no. if I don't think it was anybody's fault, right? That they were wasn't a very good marriage. Right, and you saw that as a child. And I saw my mum and my stepdad uh, splitting up. I saw, I saw the... I, and heard a lot of the arguments there. Um, but did it... Did your life... Was your life able to carry on being a kind of childhood uh, within that? Yes, because they both loved me, but in very different ways. Right. So I was sort of treated. I was treated all right. It so that was, didn't spill over into your no, not into into your life. Whereas it did, really. it did spill over when into your you know, into my life from theirs. Mm. Um, they couldn't keep it just around them um, for whatever reason, and they had to kind of involve me in their um, personal anger with each other. But you don't remember that kind of erupting at Christmas or any of that stuff. They kept Christmas kind of. They managed to keep... I guess if you don't remember it affecting your childhood that much, Christmas it probably definitely didn't affect. And I guess they were going to, you were going to stay with grandparents as well, you said, so that always... When I was a kid. Yeah, so, yes. so if, if, par- if people are in the middle of a marital breakup, they can, they're more likely to put on a, a good face if there's other adults to keep yes. them in check, I think. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, not that I'm saying it's necessarily good to hide these things, but it's not good to let these things out in a way that's destructive to the people involved. So it's a complicated thing, this kind of balance between uh, being is. being authentic and open and being honest mm-hmm. about our uh, distress in this world and uh, hurting other people is quite a th- there's a, quite a thin line between those things. I think it's com- it's more complicated than I'd like it to be. When your children you are learning you are not as responsible as you will be in future times like we should hug children more and shame them less we should explain to children more and instruct them less christmas is a time for children and yet at the same time it's a time when we often scar children quite a lot like i've been scarred frequently at Christmas and that wasn't my fault and the adults that did that they were often acting from a motivation of really wanting to make Christmas good for really wanting to give the children a good experience like the places that the things that we do that can scar and traumatize people can come from can often be intentionally good motivated by love but we aren't just people with love in us. We can feel love, but that doesn't mean that we haven't got fear and confusion and our own traumas and all of these things that we can pass on to other people. And so Christmas has been a fraught time for me. But one thing that's been really positive for me and has nourished me around Christmas as an adult has been the opportunity to provide positive Christmas experiences for the children in my life. One, two, three. Why do we have to be so nice? Why do you have to be so nice? Because Santa Claus is coming tonight. He's the one who makes everything alright. You do like Christmas and that you like to bring all the family together you like that feeling of all the family being together don't you? and that's always been your feeling at Christmas you yeah that's as, my ideal Christmas as many family yeah. members together yeah. particularly the children yeah the children are what Absolutely. Christmas is about like since I've been an adult I've had some Christmases where I've had you and my niece and my little sister yes um, that, was, those, that was good yeah. and those and, and we kind of managed to give my niece the kinds of Christmases I, I wish I'd had and my, I think my sister yes. probably wishes that she'd had um, yeah. and we managed to do that yeah what's that a... toy that she was terribly interested in what toy you know the building toy Lego Lego she likes oh Lego. yeah she was she... very interested in Lego at Christmas he's the one who makes everything alright that was a wonderful Christmas because we we gave her the family Lego. Because growing See, up, which child did it start with? With Tony. With Tony. Oh yeah. So Tony had Lego. Past, yeah. And then I was. It was you passed on to me, and I had. So it was a drawer full of Lego. I, when I started getting the Lego, it was around the time when Lego started to become a little bit more toy. So, 
toy like. So like with Tony, there was more technique Lego and lots of like different designs. Yeah. But by me, it was like there was pirates. Robin Hood formulated. Yeah, Robin Hood pirates. Yeah. It was around that that yeah. stage. That's right. um, but by the time it got to Brie, I'd passed on that Lego to my niece and, then it niece and my nephew in Germany. Yeah. They had added to it with a lot of kind of their That's new right. new Lego, which yeah. included Harry Potter Lego and stuff to... like that. They they took some of their stuff out of it yeah. and kept that. Yeah. So I think a lot of the Harry Potter stuff or whatever was kept. But some of that stuff came uh, and it all came together to, to, to Brie. Brie at that Christmas yes. when we happened to be in a house that had a quite a big front room where we could all hang out yes. and so we just built right. a Lego world for the whole of Christmas like the whole yes. of that room was basically yes. Lego by the end like yes. complicated buildings and people and spaceships and, and all of that stuff let's make it warm let's make it as my song that tries to like make sense of this Christmas business written to like my nieces and nephew all of my flash images in my head when the word Christmas happens they're all bad ones like yours are all good ones yeah mine are all bad ones that started to change when we had our first Christmas together well actually it started it started before that and I've gone out of sequence in my notes now I've gone rogue it started to change when I had a Christmas in this house that we're sitting in now, which is now kind of our house, was then definitely my sister's house. I suddenly realised, oh, hang on, I can have a nice Christmas. And we, remember, and we went down to the common and drunk slow gin and stuff like this, walking across the common in the frost, and there wasn't very much stress, and everything was very warm and family-orientated and nice, and that was the first time I'd had that. At Christmas, I'd, I'd had that at New Year. Then we had our first Christmas together. Mm-hmm. That was in Lancaster, wasn't it? I think so. I was trying to work out when it was. I think it was. I think it was in the first house that we had that we didn't share with other people. Our first house in Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. We rented. Yeah, not our first. <laughs> not our first. We haven't had one yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We still rent, and that was cool. Even though I wasn't very well, I don't think was I. I don't remember that. I think I was in my pyjamas, but we made, like, the meanest... Our Christmas dinner is, like... That we've learnt from that particular Christmas dinner, although it was a brilliant Christmas dinner. It was amazing, but we couldn't get even through half a plate. plate. 
It was good though. It was like we had the that richest thing, thing peas ever. Peas and bacon and cream. Oh yeah. It was, really it was like good. so many side dishes and it was duck. And they it was all roast had cream in it. Oh, it was gorgeous that duck as well. It was, it was good. Uh, yeah, because we liked it. Yeah, that's what. That's the only thing we can cook together as a roast, isn't it? Yeah. So it kind of works for Christmas because we can just have different jobs. And, and it's good when we just have it. We hardly ever do it, but when, when it's just us. That's really that was satisfying. It was really nice. It was really romantic. In but the night before, you'd made me go to church. <gasps> I was going to get to that. Oh, yeah, right. no, no, no. But we can get to it now. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I did make her go to church, and it's not because I'm Christian. I hasten to add, I love going to. Which was actually the problem. If you had been Christian, it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah, but my only good Christmas <laughs> memories, my happy Christmas memories, are going over the road to sing in midnight mass. Okay, a couple of times. Um, it can't have been a mass. It was. It was a Catholic church. It was an Italian Cardiff Catholic church. It was right over the road from our house. But they didn't give... They didn't care if we... It must have been a midnight service, not a mass. Well, they, we, we went in, we sang the songs, and then when everyone went up to mass, everybody else scarpered. There was a whole load of people at the back who weren't Christian. They were just allowed in. It wasn't a thing. Like, the Catholics go and have their mass, fine, but the rest, everybody else is welcome to come and sing the songs. So I didn't know what it was going to be like. And then and then the first good Christmas, I went to a church around the corner from here. And that oh, was yeah. like a... Where was that? I it would have been St Catherine's? No, it wouldn't have. It would have been St Andrew's, the modern one. Yeah, it's modern. Yeah. And it was kind of like people playing hymns like on Silent Night on a guitar and yeah. quite trendy. And then, and that was a great midnight mass. And that, that wasn't even mass, because you're right. It wasn't a... no. But this thing that we went to, that was a mass. Yeah. That was a proper hardcore mass with incense oh, and man. candles that we had to hold that melted in our hands and we couldn't leave because we were holding these... The candles. candles. Where were we going to put the candles? And then you had a panic attack. I did have a panic attack. Which was good attack. because that was the only way we could legitimately get the, out of I had to place. get out. I had to get out. I had to get out. It was like all my other panic attacks. It was like the ones I get in crowds. And it, was all, it wasn't loads of it in Latin. Oh, it was hardcore It was really Catholic. hardcore. And, and everybody disapproved of us. Everybody knew. We could sense. I mean, yeah. maybe we're just paranoid, but it no, really felt so. like yeah. everybody thought, who are these people who've come and put themselves into the middle of our thing? And we're trying to do our thing, and these people are in the way of our thing. Like, I felt guilty. Yeah, I felt guilty. But we were quite polite. We dealt with it as best we, we could. Were. And we did the whole... What did we do when we they passed the shake. money around, though? No, we didn't get to stay that long. There was no money passed around. No, it was coming to us. It was coming to us. We had no, to... No, 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 no. But what happened? We left when everybody started to go up from us. Yeah, but there was money coming around. But it didn't get to us. It didn't get to us. But no. we had to... to what we, we, had to shake people, we had to shake everybody's hand and say, peace be with you. Which was OK, because <sighs> I can say peace be with you, because that's... And also with you. And also... No, that's Peace that's be with you and also with you, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. It's called cool and Yeah. Yeah. We had to shake everybody's hand who were around us. And we... Like, Jen is an atheist, and I'm an agnostic. But I also... I, I have problems with... Because it was really... I don't want to offend anyone who's a Christian or a Catholic or anything, but it felt a little bit like brainwashing. Like, it felt like I was being brainwashed because we had to stare at a candle. I think this isn't indicative of most churches. This was a very specific church and there was a lot of incense, which is... The incense was making me feel dizzy. Yeah, I think... I mean, it wasn't brainwashing. It was a a close community as well, so there wasn't really any brainwashing going on. This is what happened there. But to somebody who's an outsider who goes into that and isn't used to that, then that is what it felt like. Yeah, it did. 
yeah. did, and it was, and I, 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 yeah. So we haven't been back to midnight mass since no, then. We're not going again. No. We could go to. The, oh, you no, can't go to that no, church. No. Okay. But after that, we went home and we drank gin and tonic, and it was nice. Oh, it was nice. It was, it was nice. We got through it. That's why. Yeah, let's skip back a bit and do some other subjects that you'll have more to say on before we do some more Christmases. You're moving Christmas this year, aren't you? Yeah, well, we did like. Well, no, not exactly. I'm lucky, I get to have it twice because we're having your sister and niece for Christmas yeah. and your dad. Looking forward to that. And that's on Christmas Day. And that's also what we did last year. So, in fact, I've had two years of this. But uh, a few days earlier than that, my family are having Christmas Day a few days earlier because of the way it's worked out with me being here at Christmas again. And also because my brothers have strange working hours and can't always get Christmas <laughs> off. And I think one of them is working on Christmas Day. But you're just moving Christmas. Yeah. None of you care. Well, I matter. care more than anyone else, I think. Does the day not matter? It doesn't... I mean, I'm you're not a person really about this. Because for me, I would feel weird on Christmas Day. I would feel weird, I'm sure I would. But they said it didn't bother them last year. And they had a nice day, but they'd done Christmas the day before. It was just another nice day. Christmas is basically a concept for them, and they can move about where it goes, because the concept is more important than the... Yeah, and I agree with that too, except that I do have this weird attachment to dates. And it does feel wrong to know that everybody... But it's great for me, because I just get to have it twice. I had Christmas on my own once. That was fine. I just wrote. It was good. I, I liked it. I really liked it. There was no stress at all. I, I ate whatever I liked. I understand that. That's what my dad does as well. And I understand the principle in it. And I understand that you genuinely do like it. But I can't... Well, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, I don't think. It was really nice as an alternative to Christmas. It was nice as an alternative. But I, I do... I'm, I mean, I like people. I like being social, and Christmas is a good excuse to be social. I've just got to learn to not. I just have to learn to deal with my prejudices. Do you know what I mean? I have to learn to deal with my past, I guess, and I have to work through that. And it's hard. I, there isn't a Christmas that goes by where I don't feel bad. I don't think. But I, more and more of them, are being nicer for longer. Now, satsumas. Yeah. Should they go in stockings? Oh, well, I don't think it's a case of should, but definitely, I always had a satsuma. It would have been weird if there wasn't a satsuma. Yeah. But, you know, if that's not you, that doesn't float your boat, then fair enough. I think, I don't know, I think there is something to be said for it, especially if it's a particularly pungent satsuma, because that all goes with the smell of Christmas, and there's something about opening your stocking and knowing that it feels... It's the excitement of the feel of it, but also you can smell the chocolate and the satsuma and the lavender frog or whatever <laughs> else you've got. Strawberry doll one year. One thing that's happened to us in recent times is we've been able to be part of the Father Christmas experience. We've been able to buy the presents for a child. And <laughs> it upsets you that you're not going to be able to put a satsuma in, doesn't it? Um... No, not really. I mean, it no, it doesn't upset me. I don't feel that strongly about it. But I also kind of think that there should be a sexy there. But I understand It, it that bothers you, doesn't it? No, well, no, that makes it sound bigger than it is. It, 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 mm, it's a bit like kind of fingers down a blackboard. No, and no, you can it's ignore not that it. Okay. It's it more makes like, you have that kind of shudder, though. 
It's more like somebody prodding you. It's a bit annoying. What do you think? I, I really enjoyed being Barbara Christmas. Yeah, so did I. I really enjoyed You don't like that we were Santa, though, do you? I'm still refusing to say Santa. Because I don't think it spoils anything. It just is what I call it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think it's okay for Father Christmas to have a couple of different names. It's it Father Christmas. Anyway. It's Father Christmas to me when I was a kid. I mean, I like Boxing Day best. Uh, yeah, I like uh, yes. I like the Boxing Box. Day fry up, That's uh, right. which yes, I think I, I probably like. like you used to make me fry ups, yeah. so I get my love of but fry ups. I always from used you. to like that when I was yeah. a kid. I remember that. That was the Boxing Day thing. Yeah. What was a Boxing Day fry up like in the thirties then? Well, it was still pretty good, you know, because it was frying up what was. I think it was probably better. What was it? Yeah, I can't remember. You just details. fried up. You fried yeah. up. I know. I liked up, it. Fried up at all of the um, all of the meal yeah. from the day before, so you've got bubble and squeak that, and all ca- that. What's stuff. that cabbage potato thing called? Bubble and squeak. Bubble and squeak. Yeah, yeah. yeah we used to fry a lot. Of, that used to be a lot of that fried up. Yeah the boxing day yeah. did you have black pudding and sausages and stuff like yeah, that yeah whatever was sort of left over was right more or less fried yeah yeah I mean I do like a boxing day fry up in yeah, fact I used to enjoy that that was the be- yeah that was the best food for me that, I, that was the food I liked best yeah me Christmas. too what kind of presents did you get growing up since you know Christmas is a time to talk remember. about materialism I can't remember I mean I was in I had I was Involved in toy soldiers in those days. I mean, this is way before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the digital age. You know. Yeah, uh, toy soldiers I used to collect, and I had a Hornby train set. That was a Christmas present. Houses we went to were decorated. I can't remember whether, we, whether my parents decorated the house we had in Bristol or the one or the one we got to it when we went to, to London. And do you remember Christmas as having like a magic to it? That kind of like sparkle and warmth and all of that it stuff. It had a particular... Yes, it was like summer holiday, you know. It was another... It was a part of the year that you... Look forward to. Look forward yeah. to. And I mean, what about Father Christmas? Did you call Father Christmas Father Christmas? Oh, yeah. Father... Now, did I believe in Father Christmas? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I, I, I don't know whether I stopped. I may have believed in them, you know, when I was very young, just literally taking but... Certainly, as I, as my knowledge grew, I sort of realised he wasn't an actuality. Yeah. But I always had a Christmas stocking. That was a big thing, yeah. Yeah. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, I won't see another one. And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And I dreamed about You got on a lucky one Came in 18 to 1 I got a feeling This year's for me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true
NYPD choir still singing, go away, bay. And the bells were ringing our Christmas. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, though. Christmas is a time when people drink, so that's another thing that makes it good and bad. Yes. Because people can have really great times when they're drunk. They can do silly things that can be fun when they're drunk, as well as silly things that go disastrously wrong when they're drunk. Um, but they also are more likely to kind of argue or get angry and all of those kinds of things. You're kind of charmed in that way, or have been to a certain extent, in that you do... You can you can be quite obnoxious when you're drunk, as, as was demonstrated <laughs> yes. by... Uh, you putting my face in, in, in my Christmas dinner, but also, you know, there's lots of examples. Like, I'm probably going to put some Leonard Cohen at the end of this episode because this is the year that Leonard Cohen uh, died. died. Um, but, and, you know, he means a lot to you and he means yes. a lot to me. Yes. Yeah, there's that whole story of you being drunk and listening to Leonard Cohen and lying on the floor and saying something obnoxious to Sue, uh, our, uh, the family friend Sue. Uh, to which you responded by uh, grinding pepper in your eyes. That's right, yes. So you always kind of bring this up with her, like, do you remember when you put pepper in yeah. my eyes? And I always think, well, it sounds like you were probably being annoying enough to deserve pepper <laughs> in your eyes, so uh, I don't know if you should be bringing that up. But you're lucky generally, you don't get, like, angry drunk. Um, no, I didn't get... No, it didn't make me sort of... Um Hostile. No, no. It can make you say things that are provocative, but it doesn't. It doesn't uh, make you ag- ag- violent, and so that's kind of lucky. So you, I guess a lot of Christmases. Nothing made me violent. Huh? Nothing made me violent. No, you've not been a particularly violent man in your life, really, in no. any any way, which is a good thing, really. Oh, it was probably because I wasn't very good at it, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, how lucky. How lucky to not be good with, good at it. Yeah, yeah. And the boys in the NYPD choir still singing, go away, bay. And the bells were ringing out for Christmas Day. I could have been someone. Well, so could anyone. You took my drinks from me. When I first found you I kept them with me, babe And I put them with my own Can't make it all alone I built my dreams around you And the boys in the NYPD And now, here's the story of the Moomin Christmas. I like those. The story that I always think about for Christmas is Moomin. Land Midwinter. Well, no, Moomin Land Midwinter is the book that I always think about, but it's a Moomin family Christmas. No sudden anxiety, or perhaps it was cold air, broke in upon Moomin's dreams. 
Someone was pulling the quilt off him and was shouting that it was vexed with him and that it was going to be Christmas. I think we read it the other Christmas where they wake up and they find out that Christmas is going on and they don't really understand what it is and they try really hard to get it right and they're like, they, they, they think Christmas is a person coming and you have to get these oh, things yeah, to make Christmas happy. Is it spring already? murmured Moomin. Spring? exclaimed Hemelin irritably. It's Christmas, don't you know? Christmas, and I haven't got anything, and nothing's arranged, and then in the middle of it all they send me to dig you out. I've lost my yellow gloves, I expect, and everyone's running round in circles, and nothing's ready. And Hemelin stamped up the stairs again and climbed out of the attic skylight. The short, it's a short story rather than a full book. It's by Toby Janssen, uh, and I think it's called The Fir Tree, actually. Mama, wake up, called Moomin, frightened. Something awful's happened. They call it Christmas. What do you mean? said Moomin Mamma. I don't know really, said her son, but nothing's arranged and someone's lost and everyone's running round in circles. Perhaps it's the water rising again. But the the Moomin family hibernate through the winter, right? That's what they do. Mm. So they've never experienced Christmas. But one year they wake up. It's calm, said Moomin Papa. Calm above all. And he went to wind up the clock which had read a quarter to nine since sometime in October. And they see all of these people being crazy, like as far as they can see. Food for Christmas, repeated Moomin, astonished. Does it have to be fed too? The Mimble hardly listened. Do you think one can do without food for Christmas, she said impatiently, and kicked off with her toboggan down the slope. Moomin Mamma spent all afternoon bustling round. Do you think the Christmas is very hungry? asked Moomin Mamma anxiously. There's people getting stressed out that they haven't got presents and they piece together their idea, their impression of what Christmas must be from these kind of moments that they see of these people doing Christmas. Don't distract me, said Hemelin gruffly. His nose was deep in the long list of things with nearly everything crossed out. He sat down by one of the candles and began to work through it. Mama, Papa, Gaffsy, he murmured, all the cousins... The eldest hedgehog, the little ones don't need anything, and Sniff didn't give me anything last year. Miserable and Wamper and Auntie, this is driving me crazy. What's the matter? asked the Snork maiden anxiously. Presents, exclaimed Hemelin, more and more presents every Christmas. In a great hurry he crossed something off his list and rushed away. Wait, called Moomin, explain, and your gloves. But Hemelin disappeared into the darkness in a hurry like everyone else and flustered because Christmas was coming. And they're scared of Christmas. They think they need to do these things to appease Christmas, and that Christmas <laughs> won't, won't destroy them, because everybody's so stressed out by Christmas. Because Tavi Janssen, right, she had a very much our kind of childhood. Mm. So when she put wrote her books, they have the kind of family things that we recognise yeah. in them. But nice, but managed. Mm. Uh, and the... So all of that happens, and they're scared, and they put the tree together and they they put lights on it. If the tree is to be made as beautiful as possible, we can't be meant to hide in it, but it's to pacify the peril. I'm beginning to understand what it's all about. They immediately carried the tree into the garden, planted it firmly in the snow and began to dress it from top to bottom with all the most beautiful things they could think of. They decorated it with the shells from the summer flower beds, and with the snork maiden's pearl necklace. They took down the crystals from the drawing-room chandelier and hung them on the branches, and at the top they put a red silk rose which Moomin Papa had given to Moomin Mamma. 
Everyone brought the most beautiful things they could think of to appease the mysterious powers of the winter season. But then, but it ends with the. It does end with the fact that there is light and that it's, it's beautiful. And oh, I get it now. I get why they like Christmas. There's 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 all of this beauty. There's all of this people coming together. There's presents. All of these things that we can that we can value, you know. And they and they go through that journey with. Is this what they call Christmas? Asked Moomin Mama, surprised. She picked up a pawful of the cotton wool and looked at it. I wonder if it's grown out of the ground, she said, or fallen from the sky. If this all came down at once, how very uncomfortable it must have been. And I guess, you know, my dad is very much... Like I say, I don't have any positive necessary memories of, of, of Christmases purely with him, although he's been very important in Christmases of late like that's been one of the reasons I've had good Christmases um, is I've had my dad around but like his attitude is very Christmassy like his attitude is very much like let's like love each other let's like let's and I think there's a lot of value in that and so I guess that I like Christmas because I had that influence in my childhood then they all sat down in the snow and waited for the catastrophe Time went by, but nothing happened. Only the little squeak who had been drinking tea appeared from behind the woodshed. It had brought all its relations and their friends, and they were all just as small and grey and shriveled and cold as he was. Happy Christmas, whispered the squeak shyly. You're the first one to think that Christmas is happy, said Moon and Papa. Aren't you afraid of what's going to happen when it comes? But it's here murmured the squeak, and settled down in the snow with its relations. May we have a look? You've got such a wonderful tree. And look at all the food, said one of the relations longingly. And real presents, said another relation. All my life I've been dreaming of seeing this close too, added the squeak with a sigh. And uh, again, I relate to that because it kind of... That's another thing I feel, like, it's got a happy ending, but that's how I feel at Christmas as well, like, this thing is coming and I don't know what to do and I don't understand it. Like, you must, you feel this a bit about presents. Presents yeah. are stressful. Presents, I enjoy buying presents, I really enjoy buying presents and I enjoy finding the right thing. But I, the two things I find stressful are, have I got the right thing? And have I covered everybody who might buy me a present? Because I don't like that feeling of somebody doing that for you and not and you not having done it. Unless that's your policy where you're not buying presents. But if you bought presents for everybody else and not that one person. Yeah, I think it is scary though and stressful. Like you worry like you have to because one mistake we've made before in the past is buying people the same present twice. Yeah, we we've started we've written and started writing a list now. Yeah. We don't check it twice though. I do. Oh you do. Well we do check it twice <laughs> then. But it does we don't care if if anyone's naughty or nice. No. We still get them presents. It's not very nice, this idea of if you're naughty, you don't get presents. No, that's, but nobody actually does that. I bet some people do. Probably. Moomin Mama moved closer to Moomin Papa. Don't you think? She whispered. Yes, but supposing, objected Moomin Papa. Never mind, said Moomin. If the Christmas is angry, perhaps we can escape to the veranda. And he turned to the squeak and said... Please help yourselves. It's all yours. The squeak could not believe its ears. Slowly it advanced towards the tree, 
and the long lines of relations followed, their whiskers trembling with awe. They had never had a Christmas of their own before. Yeah, the thing about my Christmas is, for me, I mean, is that once I'd got to 18 and could decide where I spent my own Christmases, I've enjoyed you, I think, have enjoyed them less since 18, haven't you? It's not as clear-cut as that. I think since my grandparents died, yeah, that's it's not been the same, definitely. Because Christmas was kind of about them. It was, yeah. They were very Christmassy people, especially after my granddad died and my grandma was still alive. That was those were not the easiest years because there was you always knew that he was missing, and of course you always know now that they're both missing. But now we've kind of come back round, and Christmas, while it's still the same thing, is now it's now become something without them. Although we always think of them, it's not as immediately sad as it used to be. Oh, I think your, your grandmother stopped enjoying it because it was probably yeah, too painful did. for her to... Well, it was difficult for everybody because everybody remembered Grandad at yeah. Christmas. He was, he was the... You think I'm Christmas person. He was... He was Christmas. How? Uh, he, he had... He just got really into it. He enjoyed the decorations. He enjoyed the songs. There were certain things he always said and always did. What did he say? Uh, he always used to start singing Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire and then run out of lyrics and couldn't remember the rest in about the same place. He always, every time that uh, Slade song came on, he'd go, It's Noddy! Every time? <laughs> every time. He was quite a catchphrase. Yeah, he was. Grandma, wasn't he? <laughs> and he had, um, we, my mum's got them now at home, um, he had a particular set of fairy lights that he had around the, there was like, it wasn't a doorway, but there was like a, a, a narrowing in the hallway that was kind of like a doorway without a door. And he used to put the lights around that and that was the doorway to Christmas. The doorway to Christmas. And then and that went into the back room where all the Christmas decorations were. It's the reason that you like Christmas is a little bit why you're a bit twee. <laughs> and it is endearing. But, but yeah. you do recognise it's a little bit twee. Mate, I'm not gonna think about it. I don't want to think about it. You won't you refuse to face <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It's like opening your eyes, isn't it? If you don't have to think about it, why think about it? No, fair enough, and I, I'm, I'm much less evangelical about it. Well, I don't like to think of my granddad as having been twee either. Well, I don't either. think your granddad... I'm not dismissing him as twee like that. But it, it, I think that... I think that it's endearing. It's endearing in you, and it, so I'm, I'm sure it's endearing <laughs> in him. And I think it's kind of an innocence and a kindness, which I think people scoff at unfairly that often people who... Like, it's very simple in a good way, you know? The, the, the kind of thing that you guys had, it was simple. Yeah, but, it was straightforward, it was... But it was nice. Exactly. And it's what's given you this kind of... And I think it is, this very beautiful attitude to Christmas. I wish I could share it. I think we'd better be off, said Moomin Papa anxiously. Quickly, they padded off to the veranda and hid under the table. Nothing happened. Cautiously, they began to look out through the window. Little Squeaks were sitting out there, eating and drinking and opening presents and having more fun than they'd ever had in their lives. Finally, they climbed up into the tree and fixed the lighted candles on all the branches. But I think there ought to be a big star at the top, said the Squeaks' paternal aunt. Do you? said the squeak, looking thoughtfully at Moomin Mama's red silk rose. Does it really matter, so long as the intention's good? 
Yes, we ought to have got a star, whispered Mumin Mama. But of course, it's impossible. They looked up at the sky, so black and distant, but incredibly full of stars. A thousand times more full than in the summer. And the biggest of them all stood right above the top of their tree. I'm rather sleepy, said Moomin Mama, and I'm too tired to think any more about the meaning of all this, but it seems to be turning out all right. In any case, I'm not afraid of Christmas now, said Moomin. I think Hemelin and the Mimble and Mrs. Filionk must have got things mixed up somehow, and they put Hemelin's yellow gloves on the veranda railing to make sure that he would find them and went inside to continue their long sleep while they waited for spring to come again. As an adult, it's not as fun as when you were a kid. Well, no. I mean, the magic, to a certain extent, has gone, because, well, partly refusing to stop believing in Father Christmas until you're 12 gives you a good 12 years of, you know, believing the city footprints in the hearth. And They made city footprints for you in the hearth? Yeah. This is one of the things that kept me believing it for so long. Because I'd, I'd start to think, oh, it's not real, but then there'd be the footprints in the hearth, <laughs> and then there'd be the half-eaten carrot on the doorstep, <laughs> and the half the crumbs from the mince pie from Father Christmas. It must have been what it was like to be Tolkien's kids, because he did the Father Christmas letters. That's another book that I think of at Christmas I like to read. We bought that for Brianna, didn't we? Yeah, and I liked uh, oh, what I really enjoyed about last year was giving some of that to Brianna. Yeah. Although I worry that the years that we're not with her, she she might not have the same setup, and so therefore maybe it will be counterintuitive to keeping that myth. Because her there. Christmases won't be the same every year. She won't be able to have the kind of rituals. The continuity. That you yeah, exactly. My Christmases were never the same, yeah. and it wasn't good. But I think it can be good to have different Christmases. Yeah, but you probably don't believe in Father Christmas for as long if that happens. No, that's true. <laughs> but there's wonderful things like that's what my Christmases have been since eighteen have been very different every year and in fact one of my best Christmases was with my mum was when I went to Amsterdam with my mum for 10 days over Christmas because when I was 18 I discovered as you know by telling the audience I guess I realised that I couldn't spend Christmas with all of my family together that was too much stress and that I didn't necessarily contribute to it very well. I think I made my family worse with each other. So yeah, when I was 18, I realised I couldn't spend Christmas with all of my family together. But that doesn't mean that I haven't spent Christmas with my members of my family. The first Christmas I had was with my older sister, and that was wonderful. And then the second Christmas was with Jen, and that was super wonderful. And then the third Christmas was... Was that... What was the third Christmas? Was that mum? It could have been. I don't remember. I think it might have been. So that was when I went away to Amsterdam with my mum for 10 days and had the best time in the world. We went to see the Van Gogh Museum. We ate loads of meals that were great. I mean, mean, my mum was incredibly kind to me. I mean, I could not have afforded to go there and eat those meals. That was my mum. My mum ate those. That was a wonderful, wonderful time. I had such a good time with her. We talked loads. She taught me how to look at art in a way that I'd never really thought of about before. Like, she taught me to look at it. I came back with a, an understanding of looking at visual art and appreciating it uh, 
you know, that I hadn't had before that. It was a great time that we had, and that was over Christmas, and that was with my mum, who I have had occasionally had a fractured relationship with. I think it was the next day was Christmas Day, and we went to the, this restaurant, a different restaurant, and we sat down and my mum said, you know what, fuck it, we don't have to have anything uh, Christmassy. And you know what, we don't even have to have starter their main course. If we want three starters, we're just going to order three starters. Let's just go crazy. And we, so we ended up having this meal just, just of starters, and I had lobster for the first time. And my mum, again, she showed me something. Again, on this journey, like... I haven't got, had many experiences where I can say my mum taught me something, but on this trip to Amsterdam, she taught me how to see art and she taught me how to crack the shell of a lobster. And we had this Christmas meal together. And I just remember having that Christmas dinner with her, looking at her, thinking about this crazy week that I had had with all of this kind of beauty and all of this weirdness and all of this life and thinking, this is the Christmas spirit. This is how Christmas should feel. Like, you should feel like you're in the right place at the right time with the right person who you feel close to. And I did feel close to my mum. And I'll never forget that. And it was snowing, you know, it was snowing at Christmas. It was beautiful. In the night it was snowing and it was beautiful. And in the days it was snowing and it was beautiful. But it but it was it was so kind of I don't know, it was like a different world. It really was like a magical Christmas fantasy. It like it did it was like that moment in my life, I guess because I was stoned the whole way through, was like a dream that I was having with my mum and that she was dreaming it too, you know. Christmas that I was with my girlfriend Jen who I mentioned earlier on the present that my mum bought for Jen uh, that Christmas that we opened uh, did we open it in front of her? thank God Uh, the present she brought my new girlfriend I was what uh, 19 Jen was 18 we were but young young people Uh, she bought her some chocolate body paint and a flesh coloured thong Now, leaving aside the fact that a flesh-coloured thong is a problematic thing in terms of uh, race, uh, it's an inappropriate thing to buy your son's girlfriend. I've had good Christmases with Jen. Jen showed me that Christmases can be good. Um, But the last two years, Christmases have been really hard, actually, and uh, um, for me, anyway. You were in Prague with your mum. I was in Prague with my mum for one of them. That's one of the ways we became friends, right? Twitter bonded over having horrible Christmases with family members. Yeah, I was in Glasgow with my my sister. On Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. You can just text me now, though. We have each other's numbers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's safer. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. In in Prague, was a, I'd had a, I had a really great Christmas with my mum. Actually, there's a, a, a another podcast Christmas special that, that that deals with that that Christmas in Amsterdam that I had a holiday. Um, and like I, I guess I sort of thought I'd repeat the repeat the the format. And it was harder this time, the second time. You know, you can't always have a, a dramatic plot arc that involves you learning and growing. Sometimes <laughs> you just have to go away and find it hard and yeah. then come back. And I'm not saying that I don't love my mum and I'm not saying that a lot of that time away... There was no arguments. There was... There, there, she only... You know, she only she cried on Christmas Day and there was drama, but it was only a brief moment. As, as far as... As far as bad Christmases go it really wasn't dramatically the worst but uh, it was just sustained period of time where I felt isolated and yeah. kind of like cut off from anything Christmassy I guess and had was having this kind of I, I think I was working through stuff about my mum as well which yeah. wasn't handy to be doing when you're with your mum like mm-hmm. in fact you need to do these things separately a little bit and then come back together I guess it wasn't yeah. my worst Christmas either. I was only with my sister, so I'd already decided that I didn't go home for Christmas. I decided that uh, I haven't been back for two or three years now. But my sister didn't want me to be on my own, so she invited me to come and stay in her halls of residence with her and have Christmas with her and all the international students who couldn't afford to go home, which could have been nice. Um, uh, but I ended up... We just have such different expectations of things. My sister buys into the idea of family much more than I do. So she has these ideas of how we should interact and how we should talk to each other and what we should like doing together and how much time we should enjoy spending together. Well, you don't buy into very many ideas <laughs> like about the way that, way that things should be structured. You've got your own point of view on it. And that's that's I think that's a very... I like that about you. It's one of my things I enjoy about you as a friend. It's not fun being related to me, though, like, because... I get that. <laughs> People have People all these ideas. People say the same about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just sort of... We had this argument about love, I think, about the nature of romantic love. and. Oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> From Twitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, like, I made her cry and I felt really bad and I went and, like slunk off into the room that I was staying in and I went and like sat on Twitter and you were like on Twitter having a really bad time and it was sort of nice to commiserate with you yeah like, I had a hashtag and everything yeah <laughs> that was the way I got through it I mean sometimes that's the thing like sometimes as a a writer or just probably as a person but like I find it really useful to comment like if I start commenting on something that's hard mm. to deal with like random uh non sequitur but like when 9-11 happened I wrote a poem for the entire time because I thought the world was going to end and the only way I could deal with it was to uh, from the outside like record my thoughts about it you know like a bird on the wire like a drunken a midnight choir I have tried in my way to be free like 
like a have not been easy for my mum I don't think through her life I mean she feels a lot of pressure I think to get Christmases right 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 and I feel that when Christmases happen because I have to fight against that mm. the last three Christmases we've had Christmases with my niece and that's been brilliant because that's been having a child and it's been being part of Christmas and well no the last three Christmases I've had Christmas with my yeah. niece the last two is you yeah. But if we're including this one that hasn't happened yet they've always been good There's been, but there have been stress at some of them Like some of them have been extra stressful because family gets involved when there's a kid and then you've got a yeah, you've got logistics to logistics yeah. logistics yeah logistics is stressful and also but for me it's, <laughs> every time something new happens for Christmas I have to open myself a bit more to the possibility of things being different yeah and, you and like so with my mum moving Christmas it means that I've not missed out either of those times actually <laughs> you still feel good about Christmas though I do yeah and it's coming up for Christmas now yeah coming up for Christmas I'm going to put the tree up this weekend are you mm. good because I like how you, next weekend. and you care about the tree I do care about you the tree you care about the aesthetics of everything you have a very elegant tree as well don't you yeah you don't like my I always want to put kind of you want to put tinsel on it yeah, how unreasonable, isn't it, everybody, <laughs> that I want to put tinsel on a Christmas tree? And I am twee. Quite ridiculous. Not for this tree to put tinsel on a Christmas tree, it's fine if it's uh-huh. tree, but I don't like it particularly. You should try and make yourselves and each other as comfortable as you can, but bear in mind that might not be possible, and it's okay if it wrecks you, you can always go home. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, that's a good message to be saying to people. I mean, I definitely think that people should remember it. I do intend to occasionally tweet during Christmas to remind people just to be aware that, like, it's cool that they're having a good Christmas, but just be aware that that's not a universally experienced thing. Like, not everyone you speak to is going to be like, yeah, Christmas, that's a happy Mm -hmm. time. Like, when you ask people how they feel about Christmas, you should expect that they might come up with complicated answers. And if they don't, it's probably because they... They feel we're not allowed to talk yeah. about it. We feel like we're not allowed to say that Christmas can be really stressful. Even though everyone thinks Everyone it. knows. Everybody thinks it. I mean, particularly once you have different families, like you have mm-hmm. your new family and then you have to think, do you go home to your old family and all of these things that happen. 
and people have to negotiate that. So hopefully people listening at home this Christmas will will at least, if not having felt like warm and toasty uh, and like Christmassy and uh, jolly. Um, at least we feel your pain. Yeah, right. At least you've heard something and that, that doesn't get talked about a lot. And uh, if you're having a ho- horrible Christmas, yeah, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> feel free to go home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think feel yeah, feel free to make your own Christmases. Like I think that's the thing. Mm. When I've had good Christmases, I've made them for myself. Um, yeah, or I've gone and visited people who I consented to spend time with. Yeah. Whatever kind of Christmas you're having, I hope it's the Christmas that you want. And if it's not the Christmas that you want, then know at least that it will pass. If you just wait long enough, sometimes the feelings or the experiences end and you can see a new way forwards. The sun does come up and all of those kinds of things. It can get better. It does not always get better, but it can get better. There is always that possibility. And I guess that's what we mean when we talk about hope. Right, that you've heard in this Christmas special are from conversations that I had with my partner, Jen, my father, Peter, and my friend, Nina. You also heard the voice of my dad travelling through time from the 1980s in a recording that he made for his granddaughter. Most of the Christmas songs were performed live and a little bit ropily at times with Asher, Sam, and George. And the additional bits of music that you've heard were either written by me or they were co-written with Alex or co-written with Hayley and George. Getting Bear Acquainted will be back in early January with a New Year's episode and then it's going to be on a hiatus until such time that I pick the show back up again. But do keep subscribed as I'll be sharing new shows that I'm developing and most probably occasional additional episodes of GBA that come up in future years. You can find Getting Bear Acquainted wherever you get your podcasts and on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to send me an email, then you can reach me on gbapodcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed any part of the journey that Getting Bear Acquainted has travelled since it started back in 2011, then do reach out to me because I would love to hear from you. I may use your messages in the New Year's special. So that's one way you can give me a Christmas present. But if you would like some other ways that you can give me Christmas presents, I'd love you to either visit unbound.com forward slash mansplaining hyphen masculinity and 
fund the book that I'm hoping to write about masculinity. It's being published by Unbound, but only if it gets funded. So I need you to do that or the book will never happen. But whether the book happens or not, there's a free podcast of Mansplaining Masculinity and there's the episode of BBC Radio 4's Forethought that I did called Liberating Men that will exist regardless of whether the book happens. You can find out about the book, the shows and the survey that I did as research for the shows over at mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. Or if masculinity is not something that you want to contribute to, even in terms of dismantling it, then another amazing Christmas present that you could give me is going over to the Family Tree Podcast's Patreon account and becoming a patron for that show. The third and final season of that magical realist podcast drama is coming out in early 2019. We've got some amazing performers coming in for the final season. We've got some great guests for the cuttings, which I can't say anything about because they're all spoilers. If you haven't heard the show before, then now is a great time to catch up with season one and season two. Maybe you can listen to them if you're traveling over Christmas. It's been my pleasure getting better acquainted with the people that I've talked to on the show and giving myself out to all of you people who I've never seen so that you could get better acquainted with me. Thank you for coming on this amazing journey with me. I'll speak to you in the new year. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.